Um, but uh, we opened up two weeks ago on uh, December 31st. Uh, where we were believing that this year the focus and the theme for our house and for this church, and we believe it's for everybody. I feel like so many people have put a focal point on what this word actually means. We're believing in expansion. And I want you to look at the word not necessarily as expansion in growth, necessarily as that we're waiting to fill all the seats. I believe all that comes when you seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, God will add, right? And so we're believing for those things. But I believe in this state that we are in as a nation, as a people of God, where we're at together, uh, it is important that we expand our faith, that we expand our capacity to believe that God is going to do some miraculous things throughout this year. I believe the enemy has been very loud the last several years in our nation, in our politics, in our cities, in our schools, in our social media, and God is about to expand his kingdom like never before. It could be so cliche to just say that every single year because we will believe that every single year. But if you're a person that wants to put a focus, if you're a person that wants to add a theme necessarily, where we are targeting our faith, we're believing in expansion. Amen? And so we opened up in Isaiah chapter 54, and I opened last week in verse 1, and I want to read it for you here. It is in verse 1 through 4. It says, Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout, for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. And if I'm to read that just for the way it is spoken, I hope someone has taken that as a word for themselves right now. If you have been planning and you've been trying to have children, I don't know about you why this just fell into it right now in Jesus' name. Sing your praises now unto God even before it happens. He's saying, sing with joy like if you've already received it. Sing with joy like the miracle is about to happen. Then it says in verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. And it says in verse 4, do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. See, divine expansion means God is making room for you to become bigger. It refers to growth, increase, and enlargement. Divine expansion is when God intervenes and brings about growth, enlargement, and increase in someone's life, in someone's family, their ministry, in their business, in career. I love that side of, of, of expansion. But last week, we talked about how in the season of expansion, faith is a choice. Faith is a choice. God bless you. God wants us to choose to believe and choose to obey. See, faith means not looking at what is visible, but believing that God is almighty. Faith means being obedient even when we can't see the results. Faith means action. Faith gives results. As we speak over our church and over our city and over our nation, divine expansion is going to spread out. It is the antidote to the stagnation and the limitation that attack people's destinies. When divine expansion takes place, I believe in Jesus' name that the stars will arise and begin to shine. There's going to be caged destinies that will be unleashed. Fallow grounds will be broken. Yokes will be destroyed. 
destroyed. Captives will be set free. Territories will be possessed and there will be revival. And we said last week, recovery and restoration. Come on, you might have to say that to yourself. There will be revival, recovery, and restoration. Today, I want to continue with that same theme of how we are believing for God to expand our our ability to believe. Amen? To see expansion, we have to live by faith and not by sight. I want to read now Matthew chapter 8, and we'll pray here, but uh, it's a very familiar story. I've even preached on it before to our young adults back in the day, but I feel like God has spoken to us today leading into the faith of somebody where when you choose to have faith and you believe that God will do something, there's a, a sense of confidence and there, there, your faith turns into such an assurance that nothing will move you, where it's like, I will see my healing. Have you ever talked to somebody that really sounds crazy in their faith? where their faith sounds so crazy, where the report looks impossible, but your faith is so unmovable that no matter what anyone says around you, the reality says one thing. There's something that happens in my supernatural faith that will accomplish something completely different. Our God operates in impossibilities. That is a faith that we're believing for in this year. And so I want to read in Matthew chapter 8, and can we skip to verse 5? Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, and it says... When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? It's amazing how Jesus is asking that question. And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself of a man under authority With soldiers under me, I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one to come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, he said, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. He says in verse 11, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Amen. See, faith is not based on our present situation, but it looks forward to the future. If you're taking notes in our series of expansion, I want you to write down the title of my message. It's simple, and it's something that I want you to look at every single time you can when you turn back to this, to this, this, this day, is what Jesus said or what the centurion said. The title is Just Say the Word. Write that down. Just say the word. Just say the word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for allowing us to be here, for bringing us safely. We thank you, Lord, for those that are able to tune in, Father. We thank you, Lord, that we can gather together. As your word said, where two or three are gathered, you make presence. And Father, we've been feeling you all morning and all day, Father. And we just ask you, Lord, that you be glorified today, that we walk away different than the way we walked in, Lord, that you answer a prayer, that you bring clarity, that you remove doubt. Father, that if it's curiosity or if it's a desire, Father, that you're able to meet a need right now in Jesus' name. Let us tune our ears, our eyes, our heart, 
and our soul to your word at this time, Lord. Use me as an instrument, but it points towards you. In Jesus' name, come on, we say amen. 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 Faith is not based on our present situation, but it looks forward to the future. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. See, faith is probably the most important thing in my life. But how do I define it? What is it? What does true faith look like? And leading into this new year, this is a question I have been asking myself lately. Oftentimes, I have found myself wrestling with feelings of worry or even pessimism. And I think to myself, is this the hope that Christ calls me to? See, I want to live a hope-filled, expectant life that trusts in the Lord at all times. So why is it so difficult some days to not cave to the thoughts that tell me to do the opposite? See, I confess that some days praying is more difficult than others. Is there anyone else that's with me on that, right? I I find that the list of needs and requests are all too consuming, leaving me speechless were it not for the Holy Spirit. How God delights in our prayers and can hear all of them, even the unspoken ones, the groans and the sighs as well, is clearly so beyond my human comprehension. I remember even preparing for today, I I was doing final notes last night, even for this message, and I was talking to our media team, to to David and Shirley and and the leadership, and I was just like, man, I really had a hard time putting pieces together, and, and, I, and I felt a little overwhelmed, but I understood what my assignment was, because I was like, man, I prepared something for this Friday to pour into our youth leaders, and then, and then I had a message that God gave me last week for the men of our church yesterday, and so, and then I was like, oh my God, Sunday's coming, and so I had to prepare three messages within a week, and I'm thinking to myself, I was like, man, I felt like, like and, and I didn't even know how to, and it wasn't until I took a moment, I was like, Lord, I'm doing this in my own strength, I need to stop already. 2024 failed. 2025 is my year. You remember that? (laughs) And I was like, Lord, what is it that you want, right? And and yet I know that he does and he never misses a word or even thought and he may not always answer immediately, but it's not because he didn't get the message, but because he understands perfect timing. It's something I still can struggle with when impatience rears its ugly little head, but what would it look like if I truly learned to rest in the fact that God not only hears all the requests, but that he is able to seemingly do the impossible just by saying a word? See, what if I truly grasped his authority? Would that not increase my faith all the more and create a sense of rest in my sometimes hurried soul. How many live a fast-paced life? You got so much things going on, right? Whether you're a parent, you're a spouse, whether you have a full-time job or another type of job, whether you're trying to build a business while having a job, parenting, have, there's a lot of tug and pull that's on your life, right? Whether you're studying, you're in school while working, while paying this, while, there's a lot of tug and pull where a lot of times we may feel so overwhelmed to take a time and take a space to allow God to speak to us and for us to speak to God. 
And I believe that God is, is, is aligning certain things in our life that may look like at times like chaos around us, but I've said this before, that God works in the profound. He works in the unseen. God is doing something at times when you have no idea he's actually doing something. And what he requires of us is to choose to have faith, is to choose to be obedient, is to choose to trust in his word because his word was already written. His promises have already been said. He's already already done miracles. He's already been relevant. He's already been in tune. He's already been active around us. He's done things before us. And something I said to the men yesterday is that it is time to revisit the past faithfulness of our God, to remember the things that he's already done. Because at times that may be the medicine that we need to face the chaos that we're looking at right now. God, if you did it before, if you saved me before, if you removed me from a pit, if you saved my friend, if you healed me, I remember when you did this, I'm remembering revisiting your past faithfulness. He is still faithful today. So I'm going to trust him in the moment because of what he's already done. And so we learn to walk with God. We grow in our faith. We grow in our capacity to know and understand who God is. We grow in our ability to receive what he has to give us. We grow in appreciation of all that he is and all that he has done for us. And the more we learn, the richer and fuller and deeper our relationship with God becomes. See, preparing for this series, I went to the Gospels and one such story or portion of scripture that has been hitting me pretty hard is the story of the centurion. One recount of this is found in the one that we read in Matthew chapter 8 and the other is in Luke chapter 7 verse 1 through 10. And in Matthew's version, the centurion goes to Jesus to asking himself to heal his servant. But in Luke's account, the centurion sends others with the message to Jesus while he stays back with his servant that is dying. Here's what struck my heart. The centurion had only heard of Jesus and the miracles he was performing. And, and the centurion, it didn't take much convincing for him, however, to believe that if Jesus would respond, that the servant would be healed. Why? Because the centurion believed in and understood the authority that Jesus had. And I'm believing that in this year, we need to restore, we need to expand our ability to believe in the authority of Jesus. To know that we are not at a loss, though it may look like there's loss that's happening. To know that we are not surrounded, though it looks like we are surrounded. To know that if Jesus, who rose from the dead, who did a miraculous work as a human and was raised up into heaven, is still seated at the right hand of God. He has the final word. He still has the authority and his power. How many are believing full and wholehearted, knowing that no matter what is happening in my life, the authority of Jesus can change everything. And it's hard to believe it sometimes. He says in Luke 7, verse 6 through 7, so Jesus went with him. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say him, Lord, don't trouble yourself for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not consider myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. It's like Luke and Matthew were on different pages here. That's why I think Jesus looked, turned around and says, I have not found faith. Y'all not even listening. You didn't even notice what's happening around you. You said one account. You said one account. I mean, that's just my opinion. But he's saying, hey, if you just say the word, my servant will be healed. But say the word. That's faith. 
Those four words spring off the page like a dart to my heart. That is true faith. That is belief. That is understanding the person of Jesus and the authority given to him by the Father. The Bible makes hundreds of references of faith, such as the just shall live by faith. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Jesus gives us a visual on how he defines faith. The centurion knew in who he feared, not what he feared. Jesus tells the crowd, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. Now, the question I pose to myself this afternoon is, Lord, do I believe in your authority like this? See, because we're saying expansion. We're believing for expansion. We're believing for God to do a miraculous work within our house, within our church, and our families. We're grabbing hold of this positive message saying, God, I know you're going to expand you're going to expand my life. And, and we could take it selfishly and personally to say, Lord, you're going to expand my business. You're going to expand my family. You're going to expand my marriage. You're going to expand. You, we could take that for ourselves and hold on to it. But it takes faith to actually see it come to pass. It takes a relationship with God. It takes obedience to submit ourselves. I've said it before. Romans 8, 28 says, in all things, God works together for our good. And a lot of times preachers stop right there and we hold on to it. We celebrate. We jump around and we continue living the same life. It says, for those who believe, those who love him, that's who he works out all things together for our good. Meaning I can't just live a life defiant to the walk of God and expect God to do something for me. It takes myself to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. Then he adds, it takes me saying yes to God, following God, making him Lord of my life to see the blessing. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things that God has in store for those who what? Love him. If you don't love him, it might not happen for you. It'll be in your own strength. I'm just trying to preach something real to you, not just something that's going to encourage you to live your life the same way. God wants us to change in 2024. God wants us to expand our ability to believe. God wants us to be obedient and to submit ourselves wholeheartedly to his plan and say, God, I am here. Send me. Where do you want me to go? Uh, we talked about that. I was talking to my dad, and dad was sharing with me a little about Abraham, and we said it yesterday to the men that a lot of times when, when God came to Abraham at the time and he told him, he said, hey, I need you to pack up everything you're doing. Leave what you're familiar. Leave what you know. Leave your mother and father's land and get ready to go. And a lot of us, when we receive maybe a word from God like that, would we actually do it? It's kind of hard to say yes to something where we don't know where we're going. If Abram would have asked, where am I going, God? He goes, I didn't ask you, and I didn't tell, I, was, I, was being, I just need you to believe. Will you trust me? He packed up what he was comfortable with, what he knew, to step out in faith. And it requires us at times to do something where it literally we live out what the word says, that we walk by faith and not by sight. I like to figure things out. I like to have formulas. I like to have like, you know, plans in place to make sure that if this fails, we do this. How many are like that, right? I like to be prepared, right? Uh, some of y'all live by the hour. I get it. But I like to plan and, and really put certain things in place to make sure. And I feel like God's challenging me in this year saying, do you just trust in me? Forget all that stuff. Will you just believe that I got this? It's not you, Andres. 
It's not you, Maria. It's not you, Carlos. It's not you, Jeannie. It's me that brings growth. It's me that intervenes. It's me that steps in. I do the miraculous work. We just get to be stewards and get to help in the process. See, God has unlimited power, but it pleases him to exercise his power in response to our faith. I I, I desire at times thinking to myself, do I believe in your authority like this? And and how I desire to, I want to take the nagging thoughts that tell me to worry about things and, and just tell them to hush. But for I know that if God were simply to say the word, everything could change in an instant. I want to be a man who constantly reminds himself that God created all the earth and everything on and in it in six days by the very word of his mouth, speaking life into all that we see. His very words causing the seas to form and have their boundaries and all live creatures to come into being that surely one word from his lips can bring new life and reshape the very nature of that which is around me see Jesus did not force divine blessings upon people who openly rejected him he often performed miracles for those who already believed and sometimes his miracles led to faith in those who did not previously believe But Jesus would not perform miracles simply for his own personal benefit. Could this story of faith be the definition of great faith? Could this definition be confirmed elsewhere in scripture? And since Hebrews 11 is often referred to as the faith's hall of fame, I I turn there and in Hebrews 11, you begin to see that all the people mentioned had one thing in common. No matter whom the writer of Hebrews was talking about, each person had simply taken God at his word and obeyed his command. And they were remembered for their faith. See, God told Noah to build an ark. Because he was going to bring a massive flood. Could you imagine? They had never experienced what rain is. They never experienced a droplet of rain. Here comes saying, rain is coming. What is that? It's on its way. There's going to be a flood. I need you to build up an ark. Noah took God at his word and built the ark. God told Abraham to go to a place that he would receive an inheritance. And and Abraham took God at his word, left his familiar surroundings, and he went God indicated to Sarah, who was long past the age of childbearing, that she would conceive a son. And the scripture states that she considered him faithful who had promised she took God at his word. See, regardless the circumstances, despite arguments of logic and reason, and regardless of how he or she felt, each person mentioned in Hebrews 11 believed God and his word and chose to be obedient. It wasn't about their feelings. When you start operating in your feelings, you start showing a lack of faith. See, faith is taking God at his word. And I think we've all shared memes and posts and Videos of people sharing their faith and and sharing gotchas and and moments that are awesome because they apply to maybe something for me or you're posting because you you know it's applying to somebody who doesn't even see it and you're thinking to yourself, God is saying, I need you to take me at my word. Do you believe and have faith in what's already written? Matthew 28, 18, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You know, my prayers have shifted in 2024. Lord, just say the word and it will be. 
And I'm choosing to stand in hope and faith, understanding that all things both in heaven and on earth are subject to his authority and his power. And I may not see it right away. God is not some magic genie in heaven poofing things into being at the mere ask. He is patient, all-knowing, and with perfect timing. He also knows way more than we can even fathom and sees all that we cannot. It's not for me to try and fully wrap my head around. It's for me to trust and believe. He's already proven time and time again, both in my personal life and in countless others, that he's too good to not believe. So I posed this question this afternoon. Will you be a person that takes him at his word? Will you trust not only what he has shared through his infallible scriptures, but also through the Holy Spirit? Will you allow him to be the authority in your life? See, faith is taking God at his word. What does God say about his word? If faith is a matter of taking God at his word, what does God say about his word? Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. First Peter 1, 25 says, the word of the Lord abides forever. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. See, these verses were telling me that everything in life may change, but God's word remains constant. His truth never changes. Faith in God's promises could affect us the rest of our lives. For instance, if we feel things very deeply, deeply at times we can be so happy and think I will never be sad again. Other times we can be so sad and think I will never be happy again. You may not feel anything, but as strong and as fluctuating as our feelings are, God's word is truer than anything that I feel. God's word is truer than anything that I experience. God's word is truer than any circumstance I will ever face. God's word is truer than anything in the world. So if you are facing a problem, then you have to face the problem with the praise because we already have victory. So when we read and we declare that this is a year of expansion and we attach ourselves to a word like Isaiah 54, 1, then it just feels different when I say, sing, O barren woman. You who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy. You who were never in labor because more are the children. It is a promise that God is saying. It hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to praise them regardless. I haven't seen the healing yet, but I'm a burst with a shout of joy. I haven't seen it come to pass, but God, you are worthy of all my praise. He is saying, enlarge your tent, stretch your stakes wide for what's about to come. God is preparing. Could it be the season that you were in? Could it be what you went through? The heartache, the destruction, the chaos that may be carried into this year. When I submitted to God, God is saying, you once did not cry but I need you to put action to your faith and say, Lord, I'm going to worship regardless. Lord, I'm going to lift you up no matter what. It hurts like hell, God, but I lift you up. I don't know why I'm feeling this, but God, I want to feel you. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet, but I will not walk away. Great are you, God. So glad you're listening to our podcast. 
and we're believing it'll bless your life. And our desire is to impact more souls with the gospel of Christ. If you want to join this mission and want to give today, we will be so grateful. And you can do so by visiting our website at www.revivecolleen.com or text GIVE to 844-462-9071. Now let's get back to the message. It's different. Your faith turns into an assurance to say even my healing hasn't happened yet, but my mother-in-law still sits here waiting for her healing, believing in God, worshiping him, lifting him up, saying no matter what, God, I will serve your people. You know what it is? I got to honor my mother-in-law to be someone who has suffered from lupus and different, different, medic, different histories of, of, of issues with her health because of it. To pray for people and lay hands on people that are asking for healing and God does it for them. While I'm sitting here still suffering this pain, God, do I still shout for joy no matter what? Do I still praise God? And her worship blesses me to say, God, even though I'm still with this sickness, I worship you, God, because I know he's saying, get ready. He's saying, stretch your faith. He says, stretch the tent. He goes, what's about to happen? I didn't bring this church for nothing. There's purpose with revive. It's not just for a cute revival. No, it's to revive people, to equip people, to send people out, to stretch our tent. So we will shout for joy. Come on, take that little for somebody. Is there any woman here that you've been trying, a husband or wife, you've been trying to have a child and it just hasn't happened yet? If you could wave at me. You've been waiting. You've been believing. You've been saying, God, but you're still here. You're still here. You're saying, God, I'm going to shout for it. Take that word literal for you right now to say, single parent woman, shout for joy for the labor you haven't experienced yet. One day you will feel it. One day you will birth the miracle. You will hold it in your hands. That's expansion. I'm loving all the stories of what God's been doing already in the first two weeks of this year. How God has been expanding things in people's lives and just how God, I'm like, Lord, it is your word. It's you. It's you. Enough of the negativity. Enough of just the bad news. Enough of God. Lord, no, you got, there's something here. And I truly believe spiritually the enemy is upset. He's mad at this church. He's mad at the people that continue to believe regardless of circumstances. He's upset. He's frustrated. And he says, how do I take them out? That's why I don't get mad when the world is the world. The world's going to be the world. The enemy already has them. So who does he send his strongest devils to us in the church? Because if I can get them to stop believing, if I can get them to not believe and trust in God, if I can get them to turn their backs on him, I won. See, God wants to see your life advance and give you divine expansion. God has plans to bless you in all areas of your life. 
you may have faced delay in 2023 or even before that nothing much may have changed for you but God reminds us that he will revive and bring us back to a place of advancement power blessing and prosperity heaven and earth will pass away but God's word will not this means that no matter how I feel or what I experience this year I can choose to depend on the word of God as the unchanging reality of my life Man, we're so joyful because if you've been with us in the last six months, something that we've been declaring and believing for is for a new building. We, we don't own this. This is We rent from this space, and, and we're at full capacity, and, and, and we've, we've made the decision. Easter, guys, we have to have two English services. It is what it is. We, we know we can't fit. Last year, there was over 450 people that showed up. We don't fit in here. It's a fire hazard now. We're ready for the tickets for them to start writing us. And we're like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So we're believing for something that be, that, that's for our own and, and, and where it has space to do ministry the way we've been doing. And, and we've been declaring, Lord, we're being faithful with what you've given us. We've operated in a way of, of making this space. It's a gymnasium. I mean, we're not going to put new floors. It is what it is. It's what we got. And, and so the thing is, is, is if I'm believing for these things and I'm declaring for these things and we are believing for these things and we're declaring for these things, then we have to have an assurance of faith to say, God, we will see it. You've been expanding. We're going to see it happen. And my dad, he shared such a powerful testimony today, this morning. Uh, if you don't know, we, we have a church in Puerto Rico called Revive Arecibo in the town of Arecibo there. And, and God's just been doing some beautiful things. And Pastor Alba, welcome back. You know, welcome to the cold. You know what I'm saying? You're a, she was able to go preach over there this past week. And, and what was amazing is, is, is just the testimony of what we just heard. They're believing for a building too. And they've attached themselves as, as a daughter church of ours to say, Lord, this is a year of expansion. And we just got word this past week where the city of Arecibo has given them a facility to be in every single Sunday. Here's the amazing thing, though. This is the city means government gave them this building and said you can hold church in this. It is a beautiful facility. Which it's, like, it's like a theater style building. And he says you don't have to pay nothing every single time that you're in there. That's expansion. And so I'm like, God, you did it for them. We've been praying for it. Lord, we're believing in this city. You will do it for us. God, you're going to make it happen. God, we're going to move into our set place. And look how good God is. See, then we're going to do a, an event on February 24th. We were thinking about being a part of it. And, and for those that were here the last six months, I got to go in October with my family and, and preach for the first time in Puerto Rico in my life. And, and I remember we were there and, and they, they were renting an, a park. It's an outdoor public park. Beautiful, right next to the beach. There's homes here. It's just amazing. Outdoor worship, outdoor revival. And, and they were planning to do this at a monthly or quarterly basis. And so they made the decision, since we're about to move into this building and we got to do certain things and and, and stuff like that, well, then, well, well uh, we're going to probably cancel, right? Is that what it was? We're going to cancel because we want to make sure we allocate the funds to where it's needed. And again, the city officials. Uh, no, Revive Adesivo. Don't cancel. Hold the event. We'll pay for the sound system. Could you imagine the mayor of Colleen? 
who's kind of put some crazy things in place lately that we're just kind of like, you're not thinking about us over here. Could you imagine saying, you know what, revive. Forget it, it could be another church. We will celebrate and say, hey, y'all can go ahead and hold church over here if you want in this place. Don't worry about it, we'll take care of this amount. That's not, yeah, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. As we're sitting here, dad gets a message from families in crisis in the city asking, hey, we need help with food, medicine, clothes, just necessities. Is that what you're saying, right? They came to revive to ask us. And so pastor's like, don't worry about it. We'll pay for it. We'll take care of all of that. We're going to provide that need. This is us just right now. That is what we call expansion. It's not for our glory. It's not for this church and our story. That is expansion to be the hands and feet of Jesus and be able to provide a need in our city. See, that has been a prayer that's been answered saying, God, let the officials of the city come to us. If they need help in this, we are here to provide support in a need no matter where it may be. That's expansion. I don't know if you need to grab hold of that just for your own self. Whatever it is that you've been believing for, saying, Lord, I take that for me and for my family. Lord, I take that for me and whatever it is that I'm striving and believing for in this year. Lord, I take this and I believe it. I will not operate on my feelings anymore. I'm going to operate on my faith, God. It's going to be unmovable, unshakable. Lord, I'm going to be unapologetic about my faith and say no matter what it looks like, no matter the circumstance, no matter the report, God, I will continue to believe in you. This year, I can choose to depend on the word of God as the unchanging reality of my life. Psalms 23, verse 2 through 4 says, He makes me lie down beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. You know, I, I've always looked at that and, and how do I end up walking through a dark valley or the valley of the shadow of death if right before that he says, he guides me along the right paths. It kind of, it's kind of weird to me how David plays that saying that he guides my paths. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the darkest valley, I will not fear. See, unfortunately, in this path of life, it takes us and the path that takes us to the promise, it could be wrought with thickets and thorns because nothing worth having ever comes easier without opposition. And God at times allows the path to be difficult because he intends on refining us and preparing us for our place of promise. See, could it be that as he walked me along the right paths, he was preparing me spiritually, he was preparing me physically, he was getting my mind right that once I saw a shadow, it didn't move me. Could it be that, that as I walked along the, long, the, the paths and the season I've been of learning and soaking in what God has placed in my life, could it be that the moment it looks dark, it doesn't move me? Because now I'm like, I'm not going to fear. I will choose not to fear. 
because you've been with me the whole time. It may look dark right now. The word says joy comes in the morning. The, the verse says that crying may be, right, for the night, but joy comes in the morning. It's a very direct statement. Joy will come in the morning. It's like a promise saying joy has to come in the morning, meaning what I'm going through is temporary. What I'm going through is just a season or a process, but joy has to come. And so my faith holds on to that, saying, Lord, I'm suffering right now. But your word says that I will see joy. Your word says that I will see the sun. Your word says that sunshine is on its way. And when the sun comes out, things begin to grow. And when the sun comes out, things turn towards it and begin to flourish. When the sun comes out, joy has to come. So my belief and my thing is that no matter what is happening, God, I already know your promise is that joy will come. You know, it was a long journey to get here. See, God, his intent is to extract from us that which our enemy would love to leverage against us. And as we've experienced this long journey that wasn't three years of revive, it's been a long time. Some started with us. It didn't finish with us. And there are some people that are not here today because they got afraid of the shadow. See, undaunted is daring to do what God calls you to do. And a verse that's on my Bible inscribed, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. It says, he will do it. It says, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And there may have been times when you didn't feel God's love. You can choose to dwell on that feeling, letting it carry you into a state of self-pity. Or you could say, Lord, I don't feel loved. And that is the truth. That is where I am right now. But the Lord, your word says that you love me. And in fact, you've said that you have loved me with an everlasting love. You never stop loving me. Your love for me is one that, that one thing that stands when all else has fallen. Your word says there is no partiality with you. That means you don't love anyone else in the world more than you love me. So Lord, I thank you that I am loved by you. Your word is truer than how I feel. See, we begin to realize that it's this kind of response to our feelings that gives us the freedom to both be honest with God about our feelings and to choose to believe God's word when our feelings contradict his promises. If you read Psalms 96 and Psalm, all throughout Psalms, David was always contradictive with his stuff. He'd be like, oh, soul, it's overbearing and why it is. But then right after that period, he goes, but I will choose to trust in you. And that's just our life every single day. Oh, Lord, this is difficult. Oh, Lord, my children. Oh, Lord, my wife. Oh, Lord, this, whatever it may be. But your word says, believe God's word. See, our response to our feelings gives us the freedom to be honest with our Savior. And say, God, this is how I feel. 
And it's something that, that's really, I remember having a conversation with somebody and they were sharing with me, like, how is it that at times you're able to just talk to somebody and encourage them in the middle of a moment that you were unexpecting to hear or something like that? And I'm just, you know, I can say, well, the Holy Spirit helped me. I'm, I'm operating from an overflow or something where God's anointing is just allowing me to say certain things that, that I didn't prepare for. But the reality is, is I did. Because when you consume of his word and you take time to read and study his word, what will come out of you in the middle of chaos is his word. To say that the moment something difficult happens, if I am consuming his word, if I'm in his word, if I'm believing in his word, if I'm rehearsing his word, if I'm studying his word, then that's what's going to come out of me. That the moment difficulty comes, I say, no, God. Your word says that no weapon forged against me will prosper. Your word says that I am a child of God. Your word says that you will be with me always. Your word says do not be afraid. So when you start saying these things, you're actually speaking into something that you are already filled with. I'm believing for God in this house, in this church, is not to just be the greatest church in this city, the biggest church in the city, the most hyped church in the city, the coolest, most creative church in the city. It's not our focus. I'm believing that the people at Revive will be the most equipped people in this city. Not to be better than anyone, but to be the gospel on feet outside of these walls. To literally say, I know of a God who saved me. Not come to my church and hear our cool worship. No, I know of a God who did this. Come to my pastor. He's a great speaker. I know of a God who did this for me. Not because our social media is popping and looks amazing. I know of a God who saved my life and can save yours too. To be equipped with his word. See, when we were meeting with the youth leaders Friday and I was having this conversation with Milton, I say, I'm not, we don't want to be the best youth group. And that's not even part of our, our thought process, God, that we can have the 30 or 40 we have to be some of the most equipped teenagers that can be Caleb's and Joshua's that stand up and will not accept what's happening around them. Let's focus on that. Let's fall in love with his word. Let's fall in love with his presence. All the games and fun will come. All the prizes will be there, but can we give them the word of God so they can receive it even when they don't want it? Because that's what's going to carry them when they leave this place. To be equipped to revive the desire to want to be in the presence of God, to revive the desire to consume of his word, to revive the desire to say, I could be single and it's okay. I'm going to follow Jesus no matter what's happening around me. Get so caught up on who we portray we are on social media and at work and we're outside of this holy place. See, my heart has literally ached in anguish over circumstances of life and valleys I've had to walk through. And in those moments, I have been the most tempted to doubt the truth of God's word. But instead, I chose with my will to believe his word. And it may be that thousands of times your prayer has been, Lord, I feel. But Lord, your word says. See, faith is taking God 
at his word. Come on, can we stand to our feet? Faith is taking God at his word. Faith is choosing to believe when no one else wants to. Faith is believing my healing is on its way when the report says otherwise. Faith is saying, me and my house, we will worship the Lord though your kids don't want to. Faith is saying, God, I will follow you all my days. And when it looks difficult to do, faith is action. Faith is results. So I want to pray together. Come on, just put your hand on your heart right where you're at. Heavenly Father, would you speak to the areas of my heart that still wrestle with doubt, worry, fear, unbelief, and unrepentance? Would you help me to know your heart and your character and to understand and respect your authority so that the response of my heart is trust and reverence. Help me to pray bold and yet humble prayers. Not words of distrust and complaint. May my words be those of trust, worship, praise, and full of faith. Help me to learn how to believe in your word and to trust that no word you ever say will ever come back void. May I be a person who can say, if you say the word, it will be. And help me stand in faith and hopeful expectation for your word to be accomplished in this year. Help me see expansion even when it looks otherwise. In Jesus' name, come on, we say, amen, amen. Father, we just thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this experience. God, that there be people in the room today that have come to recognize that they need you been reminded that you've been there the entire time. Father, let us be bold today. Knowing that you have everything in your hands and that you have everything in control, that the chaos has not moved you away from us, has brought you to us, and that we can seek you and long for you and run towards you. Father, let it be about you this year your kingdom is expanded that we could be instruments and tools for your glory that people can see your love and love is revived in people's hearts for people and love is and hope is revived for hope in you and that faith is revived and increased like never before close here <clears throat> I know sometimes it may sound simple because this part of the, the, the service is when there's a response to what you just heard right and you've been to church all your life then you're like okay altar calls coming up now but can we give reverence to this moment right here because God could have been speaking to somebody in this room if it was just one glory to God 
I could be reminded of somebody. I could be reviving certain things in people's lives right now and they're thinking like, man, I'm here in Colleen. I could be anywhere else, but I'm here in this desolate city. <clears throat> Something about this city that, you know, we, we could have opened somewhere else, Dad. Somewhere hotter. Not like hotter like Texas hot, like good hot. Like I want all the seasons beautifully. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> not all the seasons in one day like it is here in Texas. But God called us here. And I'm proud to be in this city. It may look like I'm, I'm ready to get out. Maybe you're in the military. You're like, I'm counting down the days. Could it be that God has you here for a purpose, just for a, for a moment, whether it's just a small season, one year, a three year, whatever it may be, to say, God, you called me here to be equipped. Because I'm a firm believer that this is, we're part of the global church, not our church. Where I find it a privilege and an honor to be able to have people that say, yesterday a, a young man came up to me in the, in the men's breakfast, bless you man, and he said, PA, I just, I just want to let you know, man, it's been a few years and I've been listening every week to the service. It's changed my life. It's been something that's been powerful. And I'm like, you haven't even been here? No, I haven't been here. But I just, it's proud to know that God can utilize people here and they can go elsewhere and do things for his kingdom, not revive his kingdom. Why? Because you guys don't belong to me. I have a great responsibility. My parents have great responsibilities. My wife and I have great responsibility to steward his people well. You have the right to go anywhere you want. There's something that happens when you can put root and ground and plant yourself in a place, whether it be for a season or a lifetime, to say, God, I'm here. I may not be in the city I want it. I may not be in the duty station I asked for. I may not be in the place I want it. I still haven't graduated college. I'm still on my, I'm on my fifth different major. Whatever it may be, I haven't met my wife. I haven't met my husband. You even just declared that over this city that the person's not even here. You're just like, no, no, but can we be in a place to say, God, this is where you have me right now. I'm going to rely and believe in your word, not in what I feel, to do something here. If a revival broke out in a country city that no one knew and it was all over the news and all over the place, you imagine what you could do here? God brings the increase. God intervenes where he wants to. So we're just going to be faithful and say, God, use us for your glory. So every head bowed, every eye closed, if you feel like this is kind of like a, a message where it's like, God, you've called me. It's time to move. It's time to walk by faith and not by sight. It's time to step in to what you've called me to do. It's time to serve your kingdom. It's time to serve my church. It's time to be in a place where I can share my story and share what God's done in my life. And maybe you're still in that process where like, God, I'm still waiting for these certain deliverances in my life and, and I'm going to hold on to it, but I'm going to sing like that barren woman. I'm going to shout for joy. I'm not going to be afraid. God, you're stretching me. You're, you're enlarging me. You're, you're preparing me for the capacity that you're about to bring us to. You feel a challenge today to say, God, I need to give my life wholeheartedly to you. I'm not going to say, 
2024 is already in the dump. 2025 is going to be my year. No, no, no. I'm going to believe that right now. 2024 is the year of God. His expansion is the year of his kingdom. And I get to be a part of it. If you feel a tug in your heart right now to say, Lord, I need to give my whole life to you. I don't know what that looks like yet. I don't know what it's going to entail, but God's going to start revealing certain things to you in the coming minutes, hours, days to start reviving certain things inside of you to be like, now I know, Lord, this is what you're asking of me to do. There's leaders in this room. There's pastors that are in this room. There's evangelists that are in this room. And all those things that I just said don't necessarily equate to being in a church. I could be a leader in my job. I could even shepherd people outside of me and say, I'm going to encourage you until you look towards Jesus. I can encourage you in a way to share my life story with you that can change everything. We're believing for legacies to be impacted and changed in Jesus' name. So if today you're saying, you know what, Pastor Andres, I think, <clears throat> I think it's time. I heard you already enough. I think it's time. I, I, want, I want to commit wholeheartedly to give my life to you. And if that's you right where you're at, no one looking, can you lift your hand so I can see you and say, yeah, that's me, PA. I'm ready to give my whole heart to you. I'm giving everything to you. Maybe you've done it before and you're like, man, I've, I, I'm a believer. I grew up in church or I grew up with Christian parents. I, I've heard it. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly of what it is to be a Christian. But you've been far from God lately. You're saying, not today. Today, I got... I need to turn to him. If that's you, just lift your hands. You're saying, today I'm returning back to the feet of Jesus. I need, I need him. Come on, there's no shame in acknowledging and saying, that's me.